Downtown Opportunities for Directors and Choreographers. On October 1, 1998, SDCF hosted a panel on downtown opportunities for directing and choreography, featuring producers from the vibrant downtown New York theater scene, including John Clancy, Ellie Covan, Kristen Martin, Wendy Rohan, Mark Russell, and David Tyree. Hello, I'm director Pam Berlin, and you are listening to SDCF Masters of the Stage. This program is produced by the Stage Directors and Choreographers Foundation and presented by the American Theatre Wing. The SDCF has released these archives in an effort to further education regarding the crafts of direction and choreography. Because this program was not initially recorded for the purpose of broadcast, it is not of the highest technical quality. Portions of the conversation may have been edited to improve the overall quality of the broadcast. Performance Space 120, who knows PS 122? Who's been there? Oh, good. I don't have to talk. Um, Performance Space 122 is located on the uh, First Avenue and Ninth Street on the Lower East Side. And uh, it's an abandoned school building. That's how I got the S122. We call it Performance Space 122. We have two theaters. They're relatively small. One holds 120 to 200 people. Depends on how you configure it and the downstairs space holds 75 to 85 people, depending on which way the wind is blowing. And um, they're very spartan spaces. They look like spaces. They don't look like theaters, necessarily. Uh, that one the upstairs has two columns that are in every show. <laughs> and, um, you know, we have about 100 lights upstairs, maybe 40 lights downstairs, some dimmers. Um, and we are a presenter. Uh, a lot of these people are producers. And um, but PS122 is a presenter of work, which means that um, I, when an artist comes to me and says they have a project that they want to do, I give them a fee and a weekend in all the support that I can give them. Uh, PR, marketing, front of house, and uh, any other kibitzing we want in technical uh, That fee is a whole thousand dollars, or 50% of the box office, whichever is greater than that box office receipts, uh, for a one weekend engagement upstairs, which is where the choreographers might be most interested. It's enough room to move there. Downstairs, where I do longer runs of things, it's a guarantee of $500, and you get one or two weeks or three weeks um, and the same sort of attention. Um, so that's the basics. But when you come in, you are responsible for your show. I'm most of the shows I haven't seen before opening night. Um, but I may, I'm probably going to be aware of your work or, or understand your work or see videotapes of old work. And uh, we'll talk about what you want to present, and then we'll let you present it. I'll stay out of the way. In on uh, that Thursday, you'll open a show, uh, and we'll go from there. How it how it works, whether you'll come back and do another show, and that's the way we sort of work at 122. Um, which means that uh, if you have a chair in your show and you decide that it needs to be painted green, that's your expense painting the chair green. Um, you know, so the, the the production costs are yours. There's a there's some rehearsal time, not a lot of it. And um, because 122 is doing 
oh God, 400 shows a year, um, about 150 primary shows uh, between the two spaces. Uh, so 400 performances, 150 shows, um, many more artists than that. Some of them are group shows. So it's a very busy place. It goes year round, except for this last year we took two months off. But uh, it's, so it's a very busy place. We're doing Monday shows and late night shows and uh, keeping the two theaters going all the time. We have a lot of fun there. Could you talk a little bit about your artistic aesthetic? What kinds of uh, things attract you, interest you? Um, well, I do about you know 60% of the booking there, programming, and oversee all of the programming. Um, and there's a committee and a couple other curators that work on other sort of uh, segments of the program. Um, what 122 is interested in is what might grossly called experimental work or the avant-garde um, in its worst points. Um, the, uh, <coughs> we're interested in very original work and uh, usually emerging young voices. We're interested in, it's more the Artur theory of, uh, of, of, of theater and that usually the works are created by one individual or a group of individuals that come up with it. We all, very rarely do we fall into the regular theater structure of producer, playwright, director, actors, this kind of thing. A lot of times those roles are all mixed up with our shows. Sometimes we do use written script, but it's not, it doesn't come first usually. It comes second, comes from the, I'm voting for the artist. Uh, <coughs> kind of um, does that make sense? Yeah, um, if a director has a project that they want to do at your space, how, what's the best way to approach you with it? Um, write me a letter. Uh, make sure that come down to the space, make sure it's the kind of place we'd like to see your work or that it would fit in with what we're doing. Although we have a pretty wide frame of what we consider experimental and stuff. Uh, they um, should write me a letter. Um, saying when they want to do it, what they want to do, a little bit about their project, a little bit about themselves, and um, don't sweat it too much. And then usually send a videotape as well of a current work or pieces of the work that are going to come up. We go through a lot of tapes at 122 and uh, make sure that it's a dub of a tape because we have a hard time returning them on time. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, this PS122, Performance Space 122, came out of, <coughs> in like 79, 80, when it grew up, out of this sort of performance art or solo performance scene. And it became one of the flagships of the, the thing that Tim Miller, uh, Karen Finley uh, professed. And we look at, we're looking for a certain truth in the, the moment of the performance. So that sometimes, like now, right now, we're, we're looking at a lot of theater things. It seems like people are very interested in theater, and but this theater that we're working on right now is based on sound design more than text design. Uh, and that's probably going to change. For a long time we were doing these solo identity performances. And it's all we're always mixing that up. I can imagine doing, matter of fact, there's a European group that I want to do that's considered one of the more radical groups in uh, Belgium, they want, they're doing the importance of being earnest 
but they're doing it really well. <laughs> so I can imagine that we might do the Belgian version of the importance of being earnest at some point. So it has to be pretty edgy, but it has to have a truth to it. Good. Okay. Okay. Ellie? Hi, my name's Ellie Coban. I'm from Dixon Place, which is... Um, a lot of what he said on a much smaller scale. So just remember everything he said. Um, it's, he was, they, they were a real role model. Mark was a mentor for me for many years. No longer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, he, he did help me a lot when I was starting uh, in 1986. And uh, it's, uh, it started off in my living room. And uh, still in my living room. <laughs> um, it's, it's soon will not be, hopefully. Um, we, um, we are most famous, I guess, for presenting very informal works in progress. Uh, although that profile is starting to change in the last couple of years, that's still the main part of our mission, is supporting people, um, choreographers and writers and performance artists in their process. So. The way we work is we have we have basically eight different series that happen every month, and they're all curated by people other other than me, and uh, they're all all the curators are artists in that field. So we have three dance series. Each one has a very um, distinct personality that goes along with the curator. Uh, I guess I could just describe each of the series. Um, one is called Crossing Boundaries. It's uh, curated by Marcia Monroe. She's a Brazilian choreographer. And as she described it, I sort of wrote a description of the series. Uh, the Crossing Boundaries refers to her not just national, because most of the choreographers that she um, books are from outside the United States. Um, I'd say a lot of South American, but she's had people from um, Denmark, Germany, and Israel um, yesterday. I mean, this week there was um, it's just pretty international. But also, she says, uh, within disciplines, crossing boundaries, because she has established, very established <laughs> artists mixed up with emerging choreographers. And then generational. She's had lots of things where there are children working with adults. And, well, not lots, but it's happened a few times. So those are, that's the way she describes it. And it's a really successful series, as all of the three series are, because each of the series features four to six choreographers uh, doing pieces anywhere from five minutes to 15 or 20 minutes. And so if you've got that many choreographers trying out something new, of course, I mean, they usually do bring um, pretty, good, pretty good audiences. The other two series, one is called Brand New Dance, curated by Yoshi Kachuma, uh, along with Sarah Mitchelson. So if somebody wanted to submit to um, Crossing Boundaries, they would contact Marcia, and I would give you her phone number her address and could probably go directly to her. Uh, Brand New Dance, created by Yoshiko Truman and Sarah Mitchelson, is more of a series that focuses on established, mature choreographers who want to work in front of an audience, but it is by no means a showcase or anything like that. It's very experimental. There's always a discussion afterwards that's probably as long as the performances were. And it's, it's a really, really great series. and. Um, a lot of great people have gone through there. If you wanted to be in that, really, that's more invited by Sarah. They don't really take submissions too much, but you probably could call Sarah. She works with research, 
talked to her and she really wanted to be in that series. It's, each one is so different. And the third series is underexposed, and that's the easiest to get in in terms of submitting if you don't know any, any of the three curators. Um, it's curated by Christine Dempke. You can send the submissions directly to Dixon Place and we'll give them to her. I mean, you can send stuff to any of the, of the curators and we'll give them to her, but Christine does take a lot of new people. Her series really focuses on underexposed, like really emerging, new, young, not always young, but usually young choreographers uh, who haven't really had any opportunities out in STS-122 or any of the other dance space or the more established places. They really haven't had those opportunities yet, whereas in brand new dance, they, they probably have been out there and they're just trying new things, crossing boundaries with people from other countries, basically. So that's the three dance series. We have three literary series, which I want to talk about writers here that focus on different the poetry and fiction genres, genders, different kinds of things. We have a play reading series. So we don't do traditional theater either in that there's no there's nothing really visual going on at Dixon Place. It's too small. The stage <coughs> is about twenty feet wide, about ten or twelve feet deep. <laughs> very small, the ceilings are nine and a half feet. It's very, very intimate. The audience is sitting on couches and comfortable chairs. It's like a living room because it's <laughs> just like that. Um, and uh, so people actually dance in there. I know it's hard to believe. I never thought that it would happen, but they, uh, Yoshi Kuchuma was the first, and uh, she actually did a whole season there with her show, and she, there was about 20 people in it. I don't know. It's pretty amazing, but they kind of bounce off the walls, and this whole thing would happen, and you have to stand up if they're on the floor. And, but, it's, but they really like it, working with those, those limitations, and it can be really, really fun. And there's a couple of choreographers in the audience who perform there. Uh, they can tell you more about the experience. It's an interesting experience to have, the, have that kind of space limitation. Uh, anyway, so with because of the limitations of the size of the space and the, uh, the fact that there's something different in there every night, we can't do anything really very visual like sets. So most of the, uh, like the play readings, we do a play reading once a month, and you can submit a manuscript for that. Uh, there's separate guidelines for that. Andrew Mellon is a curator, and I don't, there's a, I think there's a notice out there on your, in your lobby that advertises the next reading that comes up. If you want to have a play read in there, you would send him um, a letter and like 10 pages of the manuscript if you want to have read, and they'll get back to you and it takes them forever. But it's a really wonderful play reading series. And Okay, and then the trademark stuff, which I started doing all myself 12 years ago, is performance art works in progress. So mostly, it was always mostly solo, performance works, and because of the space before we moved, it was even smaller, um, this is a little storefront, um, it was perfect for solo work, which was just really starting to emerge in the 80s, all these monologues, you know, and I thought that was really great, and it was really fun, and now that that exercise is over, um, we're really getting tired of hearing the monologues, so um, we're just kind of not really doing solo work anymore, we're really moving away from that, and um, uh, so I've started this um, workshop uh, now, it's called uh, Mandatory Repertory, in which I'm um, forcing solo artists to um, write work for more than one person. And uh, <laughs> we're doing um, our first two nights uh, in October, and um, it, it's really interesting. We've met twice, and they, they're all, there's ten people, there's two nights, five, five writers on each night. It's really more of a writing workshop than it is for performing. Some of them will have scripts in hand. And they have to use the other performers in their work. It's not improvisation. It's 
not collaborative work. Each writer creates their own piece um, for two to five characters. And it's really interesting. It's a wonderful, interesting group of people from, you know, really, you know, people who have written almost plays, but really literary kind of solo performance to real visual performance art kind of performance. And they're all everything in between. And they're all working, to, well, they're not working together. They're writing on their own, but they're using each other to perform in their pieces. And they all presented it a couple of weeks ago uh, for me and for each other um, at Dixon Place a few weeks ago. I was shocked at how incredibly good it was. I was really was beyond my even imagining the works that came out of it, these dialogues. It's, it's more than just dialogues. It's not sketch comedy. It's not just dialogues. They're, they're pieces. They're, they're wonderful. I'm really, really proud of the workshop. So we're going to be presenting that. And then we're going to continue doing this throughout the year. So it'll be more people will come into it. It's designed for solo artists to develop their skills as writers to write um, things from I'm really happy about that. Finally, um, this series, which we've been doing for almost three years, it used to be called More Time, More Money. And the title of that was, was, was for um, uh, the artists, for funding. You know, the artists get more time, more money. And as we started to do more marketing for it, um, we realized it was really a bad title. The audience really probably wouldn't want to have to spend more time and more money. So we changed <laughs> the title to Mondo Cane, which no one knows what it means, but it means the dog's world. It's an Italian movie from the and uh, it's kind of a dog's world. And this is a commissioning series. We do ten. We choose ten artists or groups a year to 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 commit. We commission them to do a new work uh, for us. We got our money for the series late this year, so we're actually having to do five of the ten in this season. So this is the brochure for it, and um, we're really excited about it. One of one of the writers, Deb Margolin, is a playwright. She writes plays, and it's a play with six characters and they're not going to be able to have a set. So it's, it's, it's kind of a workshop production, um, but Randy's directing it, and Randy Rawlson, and it's, um, uh, it's, gonna, it's, it's a great play, and, and I'm really excited about it. But generally speaking, they are finished works, open for review, and uh, to, to get into that series, I basically curate that. Um, <coughs> we just have to, I have to, we have to take some time to know the person's work and to submit past work and to talk about the coming project and something we need to work on and develop together. But it's a wide variety. Two of these five are actually dance theater. One is Hank Smith doing the story of Tap, which is every night is different. He's interviewing and collaborating with um, tap dancers of all ages generations and having conversations with them and jamming. And it's a wonderful, wonderful series of work. And then Patricia Hoffbauer and George Emilio Sanchez um, it's a new work that they're putting together. She's a choreographer, he's a writer, and they're collaborating on this piece uh, called The Night in Lomez Club. So, and the other, uh, Savannah Cook's piece, Rat, is, um, she's Argentinian, she's a performance artist, she's pretty radical, lesbian, um, very funny, from Argentina. And, uh, right. So it's a kind of a Latina, butch town kind of thing about a rat. Anyway. <laughs> Very, very funny. She's a really, really good writer and performer, and there's about six people in that also. So that'll be interesting in this little space. So, uh, and currently it's Ken Bullock's show, The Death of Fun, which is about the death of fun. And it's, uh, there's only one more weekend this weekend. So that's kind of, you know, you know, if you want to, it's sort of different with each series, how to submit work. There's opportunities for choreographers um, through these three different series. Um, any projects come um, to you that don't have directors yet, that we look for directors? Yes, I was going to say that. Um, 
sometimes people ask me about about um, finding directors. The problem is recommending somebody I don't know their work. I mean, that's just, I can't you know do that. So it would probably be good to get to know people because I do get people do come to me and ask for directors. Um, also, this mandatory repertory. The next step is to bring directors in. Of course, some of these ten people are probably going to want to. Most of them probably want to continue and do it for another two months. And I, I, you know. I'm encouraging them to work with directors eventually, not yet because we're focusing on the writing, but I'd like to bring in directors and, and take that to the next step. So that would be another opportunity, I think, probably without pay. That would be, I mean, for, you know, <laughs> directors who want to get experience, um, that would be a great place. But we should talk about collaborating then because the foundation has, you know, all the directors and resumes on our website, so we could uh, find, help you find directors that you don't know already. and. Uh, a lot of people in this room would uh, want to meet you and, and let you get to know their work. So do you mind if they send you information about shows they're doing and things like that? Is that okay? No, that would be great. It's hard because it's hard to just, you know, it's easy to watch a videotape of a performance art piece. You know, unless you, it's like the directors, you kind of get to know their work over time. I think it's, it's harder, you know, it would be new for me to start bringing in directors, but it's definitely something want to do, start those kind of collaborations with a lot of these performance artists that have a work with directors. Sure. How would you feel about the director that brings you a video instead of a work? Oh, yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, and also in terms of bringing in a project, not just coming to us as a director looking for something to work on, bringing in a project very similar to Mark. We don't do traditional plays by some dead play. I mean, you know, the <laughs> writers we work with are it's all original work. Right? So if you come with, to us with an original work that you want to work on that hasn't been done before, because it's probably going to be a work of progress that takes place or a reading or whatever, you can do that too with the script and an idea. Yeah, very great. Uh, so I'm Kristen Martin. I'm the executive director of HERE. Um, HERE is about celebrating our fifth anniversary in about a month. Um, we have three spaces and two galleries and a cafe in the front. Um, our spaces are uh, similar to Mark's and they're uh, on the smaller side. We have two 99-seat theaters and one 78-seat theater. Um, the 99-seat theater is completely flexible. The seating can go in any direction. There are about 150 lights and a computer board and a good sound system and it completely changes from show to show. Sometimes you go in there and it's a white room with no seats and other times you go in. And, but it also does feature four columns in every performance. Um, and then our club is a smaller space. Um, and, and in that room, um, we do full-scale productions, um, stuff that tends to run for four weeks to eight weeks. Um, I usually only work with, uh, if it's not a here production, um, I'll work with organizations that have at least a three-year producing history. Because to work in that room, it's, 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 it's expensive to run something for four to eight weeks and to attract audiences. So that's really our full-scale production room. Um, across the hall, our performance club, um, it's also 99 seats. It has a fixed stage. It's, it's, a, it's a room that's really about um, not, not full-scale production values. There's different stuff in there just about every night of the week. Um, it usually is on Monday nights, it would be um, a solo performer doing a work that they'll run once a week for like six to eight weeks to have the opportunity to work on the show, to develop the show further, to have audiences hear about it and come back. Um, on Tuesday night, the same thing. On Wednesday night, the same thing. Then Thursday through Sunday, 
there'll be something that has like a more traditional run kind of thing. But even that is not really, it's not really about big sets or anything like that. It's really about the work itself that's on the stage. Then there's late night stuff at 10.30 and there's matinees on Saturdays and Sundays. So it's a very busy room. There are 12 shows in there a week usually. And um, it's just packed all the time. Then our downstairs theater just opened in May. Um, and we opened with a Here production, which is still running. Um, it's been a huge success and pretty fantastic. It's an underwater puppet show um, set to classical music. Who would have thought that would be a huge <laughs> success? <laughs> but um, that's with a puppeteer who's a resident artist with us, Basil Twist. And he's also the person, along with one of our founding members, who curates our Dream Music puppetry program. So that space is going to be dedicated to a lot of work in puppetry. It's also going to be dedicated to film and video work and to um, sort of what I call chamber works. So they're works that can have um, a production value to them, but they're, they're like intimate pieces, not works in progress really, but kind of intimate pieces that need a kind of focused environment. It has a small stage and it's the most like a proscenium that we have at here. Um, that's a 78 seat theater. That show right now is, has kind of an open-ended run, so we don't know when we'll start rebooking booking other things. I have some things booked there in the spring. Um, with the understanding that we might still be extending that show. So those are our three spaces. Then we have our two galleries, um, which have ongoing programs. They change about every four to six weeks. One is larger, and the other one is smaller for artists that are earlier in their career, or uh, artists that might be later on in their career, but they have a small idea that they'd like to examine. Um, we do things um, on a couple of different levels. We have here productions, um, which are not as many as we'd like, of course, because we don't have enough money. Um, and we tend to do roughly like three or four large um, projects each season. Um, and they're all initiated by our founding artists. I'm one of those, Tim Maynard is another, and Barbara Buscino is the third. Um, we have a group of artists that are sort of member artists that are people that we've invited to be with us. There's, we've just started this. There's been kind of unofficial member artists, but now we're kind of trying to explore that more. Um, it will eventually be a group of about 30 artists, but we're going to just start with about 12 this season. And we'll be having regular meetings and regular workshops that are driven by the artists about issues they'd like to examine, a choreographer, composer, collaboration, and maybe working together once a week for a two-month period, or um, get somebody in here to tell us about health insurance, or um, uh, this is a new uh, piece that I composed, and it, I've brought a couple musicians I'd like to play it for you, or a visual artist collaborating with a choreographer. Or, so it's really trying to examine different forms of collaboration <coughs> and how to develop new work um, that would later be work that would probably be on in our season, but maybe not either, you know, just depending on how the work it develops. Um, so that's one way that we work. Then we have our presenting program um, where we do two, primarily it's two big festivals. Um, we do the Culture Mart Festival in January. It's a festival of alternative performance music and dance. And then we have the American Living Room Festival, which is um, a festival where we do basically about 100 shows in two months. And it's, uh, there's a directing cabaret, a performance series, a video salon, a music lounge, and a visual arts exhibition. So the directing cabaret, um, we do about 45 new shows, um, short pieces by emerging directors. Um, it, the only rule is that it's under 45 minutes. It can set up and strike in five minutes on either side. Um, and we really try to present a huge 
range of material, everything from like a kitchen sink drama to a deconstructivist piece to a dance piece to um, some things with words, some things with no words at all. So, and we really try to program it too, so when the audience comes, they're not just seeing like, oh, this is the kitchen sink drama night, but instead it's yeah. that this is the night where all these different impulses are all together on the same evening. Um, the theater set up like a big living room with sofas and easy chairs, and uh, it's it's the festival's like nine years old now, and it, it proceeded here. Um, I'm one of the founders of Tiny Movie Theater Company, which is actually the group that started the living room, and then we merged with another company to found here. So the living room became a here project. Um, we do uh, for the living room. It's open call for submissions. We have the applications every January. Um, we usually send out between 500 and 1,000 applications, and we have, we'll have it up on our website, and so we can just pick it up or get an email to them or um, fax it to them. Um, and we, Tim and I, curate that festival. Um, we usually receive <coughs> between five and 600 applications for the 45 slots that we have, so it's pretty competitive, but it's a really, it's a really fun, machine in terms of being in it as an artist. It's very well organized and it, it runs very smoothly because we've done it for a number of years. We're very strict, but the strictness helps make it so that it runs smoothly. Um, and, and then the Culture Mart Festival is more by invitation. Um, I curate that and I don't do plays at all in that festival. Um, I do uh, I do things that things that a lot of the things that they were talking about, about an original voice or auteur-oriented work, that's more what I'm interested in for the Culture Mart Festival. It also tends to be artists that I've seen their work over a period of time, and then I invite them to participate. Um, in American Living Room, the artist fee for the directors is $100 artist, artist fee and $100 for expenses, and we do all the publicity and the marketing and uh, provide the technical staff and the production staff in front of house and all of that. Um, and we give you some rehearsal space and some tech time. Um, in Culture Mart, we do an artist fee um, and provide all the same things that we do for living room, but the artist fee is a bit higher on the Culture Mart Festival. And it's not as, it's not as rigorous. It's, it's usually about seven or eight artists, and they're performing more. Um, they'll perform maybe three to six times. Um, but I'm always looking for interesting projects that tend to be cross-disciplinary or are definitely pushing the envelope. They're not, they're not just sitting in dance or sitting in theater. They're, they're, something that's, they're trying to do something very unusual. I don't know how to be more articulate about it. And the other thing we do is we have an artist subsidy program, and that's all of the work that adhere that happens besides that. And that's <laughs> the 12 shows a week in the club and all that stuff. Um, we have curators who curate a film and video series, and we have two different reading series. Um, one of them is literary, um, and the other one is performance-oriented. Um, but the, the artist subsidy program is basically you get, there's a guarantee to us and a 50-50 split at the box office after that. And you do front of house, and we do marketing, some marketing materials for you, and you do um, <coughs> reservations, and whatever else we can do to help similar to what Mark said. Um, keeping in mind that it's a busy place also, and lots of things are going on that sometimes we may not have as much time as you might want us to have. Um, so that's pretty much the thing. We do, we do a broad range of work here. It does also tend to be alternative or experimental work. Um, 
it's, it's, but it's a really broad, a broad range of work. It's eclectic. Uh, so uh, I'm Damon Kylie from the Ontological Theater, and I want to actually steal a bunch of kids. How many people have heard of or been to the Ontological Stare Theater? Right, a little less. And how many people know about the Ontological besides Richard Foreman? <laughs> yeah, that is my big problem right now, which I know, <laughs> which I'm going to try to change in the next couple of years. Um, <coughs> so we have a weird theater, the Anthological, because six months of the year, and that's starting right now, we are devoted to um, one artist, and that's Richard Foreman, who for 30 years has been doing his own work. Uh, hard to describe unless you've seen it. Um, <laughs> people who've seen it are laughing. Uh, uh, you know, he... He's been writing, directing, designing his own work for 30 years and uh, had taken up uh, a spot at the St. Mark's Church, the Second Avenue and 10th Street, um, in 80, uh, about eight years ago. Um, since that time, uh, so for six months out of the year, it's pretty much it's all about Richard. Right now we start rehearsal and we rehearse from now until uh, January, if you believe it. Um, and we run for three months. And so I have little flexibility then about uh, programming uh, younger artists. Uh, in our summer season, um, uh, we are jam-packed beyond belief, um, and uh, we do all sorts of different things. Uh, one of them is a seven-minute series, which is uh, exactly what it sounds like, uh, seven-minute pieces, and we're very strict about that, um, uh, which uh, I have a really broad range. Some of it is dance, uh, performance stuff, some plays, um, and we do about eight seven-minute pieces, and we put those on for two weeks. It's a very popular festival for us, and that's something that we produce. Um, we also do the Blueprint series, which would probably be the best thing for, for directors to, to look into, um, which is, uh, it's similar to the um, living room in the sense that uh, short pieces, uh, 35 minutes, um, we do them in a rep. Uh, it's a director's festival. We're definitely choosing directors. There's an application process. Just basically call sometime in January for it and we'll send it out. Um, but we take four. So... Uh, there's a lot of good things about that, a lot of bad things. The bad thing is as, as we take four, so <laughs> there's not so many we can take. Uh, the good thing is that we really are nurturing those four. We're trying to find four original voices. Um, we're trying to find <coughs> our own vision. And most of the stuff is auteur, you know, written and directed by the same person. Uh, almost all of it's new work, although this year we did a Lorca piece. Um, so. um, and they run two a night, 35-minute pieces, two a night for two weeks. Um, and... Uh, the main thing is that if you are going to apply for that, uh, just be very clear. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how much, how many applicants I've read about that say, well, I want to direct a play really well. <laughs> you know, I mean, so what? And I can have music and movement. You know, it's just that I think that we're looking for someone who's got a very distinct, clear vision. Here's what I want to say. You know, here's where I'm going. I mean, we're modeled after the after Richard Foreman, who knows obviously what he's trying to do, and he only knows that by every year forgetting it and spending three months to figure out, what am I doing? How do I make a play? What is a play? I have no idea. You know? Um, and so that's what we're looking for at the ontological. You've got to forget how to make a play and then find a very specific way to how to do it. Otherwise, you know, I don't really want to see another, you know, going through that. So that's what I'm going to take. Um, so if you are going to apply, just, I just think you need, it has to be very you know, clear and know what you want to do. Um, 
We also have a downstairs series, which is uh, Late Night Cabaret, which we do in the sun, which, which is very sporadic, and uh, we'll probably start again in February or so. And it was actually started because there were so many artists hungry to work with Anthological when Richard was in production. So uh, it's in, uh, Richard has, uh, it's, it's, uh, the theater is uh, sort of an eclectic, it has a nice pole on stage, uh, <laughs> which, uh, and one in the audience. It's a lot thinner. It's a lot thinner, though, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it's, our pole is like only five inches. So. Um, and fluted it. Um, uh, and uh, we're um, in the landmark at St. Mark's Church, and so the room itself can't be screwed with that much, but we have a nice stage, so we're putting a new deck right now. Very exciting. Uh, and uh, as we speak, it's being painted. Um, uh, but below that is the parish hall, which, uh, if you don't know the St. Mark's Church, you really should come down and check it out, because there's also dance spaces down there, which has been there for 25 years or more. No, 25 years, this year. Um, doing amazing dance work. Uh, from around the world and also a lot from New York, and then also the Poetry Project, which has also been there for 25 years, I think, and uh, um, which is, you know, Alan Ginsberg is right there. Uh, we actually use that parish hall, which the Poetry Project uses uh, occasionally for a late night cabaret, um, 11 o'clock performances, uh, very salon feel, very much just sort of seat of your pants, no production values, um, and uh, that happens, uh, hard to say, when we can schedule it, basically because it's a very, very busy church. It's a 365-day-a-year church, um, and uh, getting busier. So uh, it's roughly February, March, throughout the summer, stopping around now so that we can get ready to perform. Um, and, uh, and then the other things that happen, and those are other things that we produce. We produce those. Um, uh, the rest of the summer is... Uh, and then the rest of the summer, we do two and three week productions of uh, shows which are curated now, used to be curated by Sophie Haviland and now are curated by me. Um, and how do we choose those? It's hard to say. Uh, once again, the same thing. Original visions. Um, a lot of times companies that are trying to figure things out. Um, elevator Repair Service had some of their first productions over the ontological. Uh, David Hershkowitz's Target Margin had some of his first production at the ontological. Uh, Rich Maxwell was now doing a show over at uh, PS122, did some of his first shows there. People who are trying to work out a vision, um, even Ann Bogart did a show there. But the thing that uh, is tricky is that we're a very small theater and rely absolutely on a community of artists to create the place. And so um, I would say 90% of the work that gets done there are people who have worked at Anthological as an intern. Uh, so the best way for someone, and it's not a popular thing to say, but the best way to get your work done at Anthological is come on down and paint the set, scrub the floor. I was an intern uh, four years ago. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to guarantee you that everyone's an intern to be the producing director in three years. <laughs> I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but uh, it's a lot of work. But, but my associate was an intern last year. Uh, we can't possibly survive uh, without, without that work, without interns helping. It's just, it's impossible. Um, and uh, the times actually when I've gone to people who I don't know, whose work I don't know, or have been recommended to, or who haven't worked at the ontological before, I've gotten totally screwed. Um, because they don't respect the place, they don't love the place. Um, um, and so, I'm going to say, you know, if you don't know the Anthological, if you haven't seen the show the Anthological, <coughs> come see the stuff first. 
please come down and be part of the community first, please. I know we're just too small to um, to handle you know a lot of new works, but I absolutely want to expand the number of people who know about it since hardly anybody here knows about it besides Richard Foreman. So um, I'm looking for new visions and new ideas all the time, but I need people to sort of meet me halfway, come see a show first at least. Um, uh, meet me. It's a very, it's a small sort of personal kind of place, uh, idiosyncratic. Uh, that's it. And that, and that, but my main goal certainly is to make the number of uh, hands going up on the second question go up in the next few years, because <laughs> we are more than just Richard Foreman. I mean, we, we certainly are trying to nurture a new generation of artists who are trying to change the form. I mean, Richard Foreman tried to change the form of Peter, and is still every year trying to change the form of Peter, every year. And that's what we're looking for now, Bob Kakuza, another great artist who's um, All people who are trying to question what is theater. We don't do a lot of answer to some, um, and we are pretty text-driven, as Foreman is text-driven, but also along with everything else. It's, we're looking for people who see theater uh, like an artist with a canvas in some way, so they need the sound is here, and the text is here, and the actor is here, and the visual is here, and sort of putting it together, not a tradition, and once again, a traditional one. Um, uh, but, you know, now I wouldn't, uh, uh, and also David Hurstmitz, now uh, David Hurstmitz is, is too big for us, actually, which is fine, which is great. Now he should do work here, and should do work here. We're looking for a smaller artist who are just like, what am I doing? Where am I, you know, I'm taking my first step, how am I, and, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years, probably Rich Mackerel won't help. He's great. Go see House. It's brilliant. It's one thing that comes up in November. Yes. Absolutely. Did Eric Dyer come on here? Eric Dyer, absolutely. Yes. Still there, sometimes. Okay. Thanks. John. Hi. John Clancy, President Company, Fringe NYC. I'll start with Fringe NYC, because... I don't even, I'm not even going to be embarrassed. I'm sure more Hanson have heard of Fringe NYC mm. than the President of <laughs> um, Fringe NYC is, um, is a production of the President Company, um, just like uh, as though we had done a show, only we did, you know, we've now done 325, I think, mm. in the last two years. We do them in two weeks. Um, how many people have heard of the Fringe Festival? Let's put that out. Yeah, okay. Um, so uh, it's... Essentially, downtown opportunities, directing and choreographing opportunities. The Fringe, basically, here's how it works. It's a great opportunity to do your show relatively cheaply in, uh, in Manhattan. Um, it's a, it's a two-week festival. It's the last two weeks in August, so this year it's the 18th to the 29th, I believe. Um, two-week festival, our first year, 97, we had 175 shows, although I think only 169 actually made it. Um, and then we had, <laughs> people got stopped at customs. <laughs> no lie. Uh, so, not all of them, but, but several. Um, this year there was 145. I think they were all here. Uh, and uh, we have no idea what next year will be. Um, it's two weeks. It's uh, way cross-disciplinary. It's anything. It's dance. It's puppetry. It's children's theater. It's uh, strange, strange stuff that doesn't really... Uh, fit into a box as plays, traditional stuff, um, it's across the board. Um, what you do is, you get the deal is, for 35 bucks, you can apply to, that's, this is your opportunity. You, you have an opportunity to give me $35, <laughs> and, uh, and an adjudication committee will look at your script. And what we, what we really, really look for, this is true for Fringe, present company, 
really look for is the cover letter. The cover letter is critical. The script is great, and the get get the script, get the videotape, get your bio, get every all that stuff. The cover letter is what I'll look at and either say, this she doesn't really care, but here's a great script. Or I'll look at it and go, man, there is some serious passion over here. If it's goofy, then it'll probably just piss us off because we have we have to look at so many. But if it's professional and if there's passion, we look for innovation, diversity, and vibrancy. That's our little buzzword catchphrase. Um, but the, but that vibrancy is that it comes off the page. I must do this piece. Not only must this piece be done, but I must do it. And here's why. Uh, so you apply. The applications are on the website. Uh, I actually have stuff I'll hand out at the end. Um, the website, or you come down to the present company, pick it up. Um, we look at uh, about 500, 600. Um, we're young. This, is only our, this will be our third year. So we look at about 600 of them, and um, it's a pretty wide adjudication panel. And uh, we, we choose them. Most, what happens a lot is we'll get a, great, we'll get a whole bunch of great plays. That's them this year. And then we had like 30 great plays. And we had puppetry, and then we had other stuff. And about five of those great plays didn't get in the festival because we had to, we wanted it to be a balanced festival. We wanted to like curate it so that there, were, there was enough dance, there was enough ensemble, there was enough movement. Um, you know, if you have a great play from New York City, it's kind of a, you, you have a hard shot because a great play from, from Toronto will bump you because in our first couple of years it's going to be an international festival. So, so anyway, you apply and then um, if we like it, then you have the opportunity to pay us 315 more dollars. Um, 350 bucks is all you pay us. What, what you get for that, and you find out in, I think it's February this year, what you get is a theater. Uh, it's on the Lower East Side. They're all on the Lower East Side. Um, they range. They range from the piano store, I don't know if you all know that place, great little space, but little, um, to uh, Henry Street Settlement, which is this you know, huge old neighborhood playhouse space. Brilliant. Um, it's not really fair how you get that, how you get chosen that way, but that's how it happens. It, it has a lot to do with production values. If it's a big show, it goes to a big space. Um, you get so you get the theater, you get a technical director, you get a venue director, you get printed up in a little fringe guide that goes to all the Barnes and Nobles. You get uh, you know if you're lucky, you get a to review in the New York Times. Um, we got we got a lot of great press. I mean, we have 145 shows. I think five of them got into. It's, it's, it's meeting people, um, talking to people. It's just great. It's just great. But for you guys, for directors, choreographers, um, that's your fringe opportunity. Uh, and uh, cover letter, cover letter, cover letter, critical. Um, the present company is, uh, is, is we're about six years old. We don't really have an official birthday. We sort of appeared. Um, <laughs> we weren't really born. Uh, but we're about six years old. And we are an ensemble-based not-for-profit group working here in New York City. We have, uh, at this point, we have a, we just expanded to so about 35 members, writers, actors, directors, designers, administrators, all volunteer. We have three actual paid people on the staff. I'm the artistic director, it says it right there, okay. I'm the artistic director of the, of the president. So your opportunities for us are also scaled like that. We, we, we produce, we present, we, um, we do a lot of different things. The, your production, your opportunity to actually get paid like 100 bucks or 150 bucks, and get free rehearsal space and we'll do all the work. There's really only one this year. We do six shows a year. Um, and there's only one, and I direct almost all of them because uh, I am a control freak. Um, uh, there's, there's, there's two, there's one that I'm not directing this year. Um, and it's, it happens in March. 
I'm looking for proposals. Um, it's, uh, it's the grand jury testimony of President Clinton. We're going to do that. And, and, all I, and I, I'm going to put it together, and it will probably also be some Betty Curry and some John Podesta and some, probably some Lewinsky. But it's going to be like two hours, so that's my job as a dramaturg. The only, and please propose me things. I have two proposals already, and they're really pretty good. It's got to be fair. No agenda. No agenda pro or con. It's got to be, if you've read it, it's, it doesn't need any slant. It's really extraordinary stuff, both sides. So propose. Um, it's got to be fair. Uh, that's your only opportunity this year for, to, that I pay you. Um, the other opportunity, we just moved into this huge space on the Lower East Side. And I'm sorry, east on that, because we're actually east of Ludlow. East. Um, huge old garage, 7,500 square foot space that Ellie was looking at for a long time and she didn't get. What the fuck that was? I know, I know. I was talking to Richard. I said, we can't, well, that's something, we can't afford it. So that's why we play, run 13 shows a week. Um, it's a theatorium. That's a, that's a hundred-year-old term for, uh, for Baudel House, which is constant, eclectic, popular entertainment. The way we run is, Monday night there's a dog and pony show. It's a variety show, pretty straight-up comedy variety show <coughs> that ends in a scary-ass open mic at 1030. Um, that's a good opportunity to, we, I don't program that, but I can tell you who does, and that's a real good opportunity to do your stuff, you know, get your stuff up there. <coughs> um, Tuesday night is a poet's cabaret, basically we're ripping off the New Yorkian vibe there, trying to uh, make some money. Uh, so that's just, that's spoken word, that's probably no good for you guys. Uh, Wednesday through Saturday there's a run, Wednesday through Saturday for three weeks or four weeks there's a run of a show. When it's not our show, it's somebody else's show. Right now that's booked up until January. No, I'm sorry, up until fe February it's open. There's an 8 o'clock slot that's still open Wednesday through Saturday. Um, that, that's when we present, so it's the same deal. It's a 15-ticket guarantee, it's you guarantee me, and then it's a $50-50 uh, split. So if it's a $10 ticket or a $12 ticket, essentially you, you're guaranteeing me $180 a night, Wednesday through Saturday. And then if, you, if we have 15 people in there, then you don't make any money, but you don't owe me any money. If there's 17 people in there, you make $12. And I make 192, and then it goes on from that. Uh, and we do we do front of house. We do uh, we, we have pretty good support for that. Um, not a lot of rehearsal time. There's only it's only one space, one big space. It's huge. It's uh it's it's seven, about 5,000 square feet, 20 foot ceilings. Um, it's it's there's mezzanine all around. It's just it's huge. It's How many seats yeah. usually? Well, it's only 74 seats because we're 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 only six weeks old. So we're doing everything by the book, right on right on the line. So it's only That's 74. A good idea. Yeah, As yeah. someone who's been shut down by the fire department. Twice. Well, we're two blocks from Fort Pitt. We're two blocks from the fire department, so it's like, <laughs> let's be real. Um, they come by all the time, which is great. And two blocks from the police department. So if you do come down to my space, please come down to my space. You will probably be free. You'll probably walk past like the Lotus Club and think, there is no way anything is east of this, of this uh, little coffee shop. There is. It's us, and it's a great little neighborhood, and it's very, very safe. Um, it's just freaky. It's poor. It's very poor. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so Wednesday at 8 o'clock, when, then Wednesday at 10 o'clock, Wednesday through Saturday at 10 o'clock, there's a second bill. So the theatorium, it's like the bill is Americana absurdum. That's the main thing. And there's also a 10 o'clock slot, which is, that's also pretty much booked through January right now. Same deal. You pay me the same amount of money. Um, everything I'm telling you is theoretical. We've been open for six weeks. Uh, we've been, the present company is six years old, but we've always been over at uh, Hell's Kitchen. So this is all new, and our overhead just went up 
four times. So it's like, this is our plan. Please help me make it work. Uh, uh, then Friday nights, there's the Fringe Club, which is like the Dog and Pony show, only it's arty. It's kind of weird and freaky, and, and it doesn't have to be funny. Um, that's a great opportunity for directors to, like, I, I got a 10-minute piece, John. It's very weird, but I'd like to pitch it to you. Bring it to the Fringe Club. You know, so, so I actually see the work, and I can see it. Saturday nights is music-based programming. Sunday nights at 8 o'clock is, uh, right now we're doing a show called Revival. Isn't it Portia Johnson? Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's, 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 uh, Sunday night's programming are spiritually based. It's like, because not, not all of you go to church anymore, but a lot of us sort of feel like maybe we should in some way. In some way, it's going to be spiritually based. Right now, the show is brilliant. It's part um, Baptist Revival. It's part Parliament, Funkadelic, you know, Egyptology, numerology, madness. And it's part uh, very clever downtown show. It's brilliant. Please come see it. Um, so those are your opportunities. And your opportunities are the best way to get, can I say everything? Uh, no columns. We have no columns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, uh, yes, yes. Interns, yes. We don't, we don't have really an intern program, but it's the only way. It's the only way I'm going to know your work is, is if, you, if I see you. Call me. Call me late when I'm not there and leave it on my voicemail. Seriously, because I'll come in the morning, I'll have my coffee. You know, we smoke a cigarette, and I can listen to what you got. What you got to say. We're wildly busy. But call me, and then send me something that is that is just a simple letter. Here's who I am, and here's what I want to do. No guarantees, y'all. We're just. I'm, I'm so. I'm swamped because we just opened this place. But that's the only way for me to say, yeah, I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to gamble on you. Is that I know you. I you're not crazy. You know, a lot of us are crazy. A lot of people are have good ideas, but are nuts. Talking too much. Okay. Um, present company, we do theatric, very theatrical work. We do, uh, we're not interested in plays. I'm not interested in plays. I'm not interested in drama. I'm interested in performance. Um, we do do plays. I'm interested in, it's tricky, I'm interested in narrative, but not in plays. Mm. I am not interested in fourth wall. It's the present company. We're all here together in one room. And if you don't, if you don't acknowledge that, if you don't use that power, <coughs> I, I'm not. I'll come see you maybe if it's really good. But I, I don't. I'm not interested in supporting you. Um, we do a lot of other things too. You can um, talk about. We have a we have a public works project. Uh, we have we do outdoor theater. We do uh, everything the fringe does. We do all year long. Just not with the times doesn't come down. Review it, but, but we do. That's what we do all year round. So talking. Really, don't send me postcards or flyers because I, if I don't know who you are, I'll, I'll toss it. I'm sorry about that, but that's true, and it's just waste your time. So send me something that says, here's who I am. Or come down come down to my theater. It's, it's really easy. Come down, see it, say, man, this place sucks, and walk away, and then we don't waste any more time. Or, wow, I love this joint. Here's what I'm going to do. And, you know, that's everything. Thanks. Um, I'm Wendy Rohan, and um, I just recently actually started booking the Duplex Cabaret Theater. Um, uh, you might have been to the Duplex but not known that there was a theater upstairs. Um, it's a cabaret theater um, in terms that most people think it's a, like a cabaret room, basically just for cabaret. But um, it's not. It's uh, like 11 by 14 stage, and we seat 70 people. And um, it's a nice space, it's, you know. It's a really nice, cozy space. Um, as becoming the new booking manager, we're basically a venue, and um, 
we put in about 14 shows a week, or we try to. Um, the difference is we have, we serve cocktails. <laughs> so your uh, show must be cocktail equipped. <laughs> um, basically how our venue works is um, you present a show to me, and, you know, if we both agree on the presentation, um, we serve two drink minimum, and you put a price on the cover, which usually is around 10 12 15 and um, you take home the cover, we take home the two drink minimum, and we also have a technician in contract who um, is like a $50 charge, and basically he takes care of your technical aspect, you know, your house manager, pretty much everything, your reservations, we take care of that too. Um, and that's about the only charge there is, so it's kind of like a hidden secret up there. Um, I, I would suggest it for um, many new productions starting out. I would like to start doing, I, I have to say, like, start doing, because this is only my second month, I'd, I'd like to start doing readings, new shows, um, you know, new things, people, you know, willing to put up new stuff, um, because I, I think it's a great place to showcase your work, um, and it's a great atmosphere. Um, I do press as much as I can when I'm doing 20 shows in one month. So um, sometimes when I book things that I really believe in, um, I'll book them for, you know, a lengthy run, and um, I either suggest hiring a press agent, since the venue is rather cheap, um, or, you know, we work together with doing the press. So basically that's like, you know, the, the <laughs> end and short of it. Um, uh, I'm taking on two shows from the French Festival, which I, when I, I got there, like, in August, and I was like, okay, I need to get, you know, shows that I really want to believe in. So I was, did a mailing to the Fringe, and I'm taking on The Importance of Being Earnest and Roadkill, um, and they go up in November. Um, basically, the way to contact me is I'm in backstage every month under a cabaret, <laughs> and, and I'm not just a cabaret. Like all of them, you should come out and see the space, you know. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Or, you know, call me up. My number's in there. Present your idea and have a meeting with me. And um, basically, that's how to get your work up and seen and, and um, you know, or not produced, but venued. <laughs> um, sometimes I just book for, like, two or three nights just to, you know, test shows out. What I'm hoping to do at the theater is um, get um, either theater companies or people who I can work with on a regular basis to uh, keep presenting new works and stuff that can be hopefully move from my space to an off-Broadway house or, you know, be able to be presented to producers and moved. Because I know, like, this isn't the place that things will last forever. I mean, it's a 70-seat house. There's only a certain amount of money you can make. So, um, but um, that's basically... Do you have a certain aesthetic or type of projects that you like? Do you do mostly musicals? Um, all types. I do all types of things. I do, I do basic cabaret. Um, which works lovely in the space because people can actually like move and <laughs> you know and work. A another great thing about working as a director there is I have many cabaret performers who don't have directors and are looking for directors, and I find that essential in a cabaret. Um, I hate to see a performer do you know a cabaret production and not have a director. I just think it's like going in it blind, and some people do, and I just you know I so coming and presenting your work and you know booking a couple nights there. Um, and getting a relationship with me, I would definitely recommend your name and stuff like that, just getting the word passed on. Um, but, yeah, we do all sorts of things. Um, and you can do, I mean, you're doing two plays. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be cabaret. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing more plays right now than I am doing cabaret and and music. Um, if you are doing a a musical, in terms of if you are doing like a cabaret, um, we are uh, we pay the dues to um all the different um. Oh, oh, how do I say? <laughs> I'm missing the word. Like, yeah. So there's like no problem with you know. Yeah. Being yeah. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> No, they they pay the uh, music licensing fees to ASCAP and BMI. So right, right. Yeah, which is fantastic. Um, in terms of you're doing a play that that has you know rights and stuff like that, we work with you as a producer, and you need to get those things settled um, and worked out. Um, there's all s different ways where you know we can have equity productions in there because it's such a small space, and it's a cabaret space, so it, it's it's a great way to work. Um, How much you bring? Oh, drinks range around, they're not too terribly New York expensive, $5 for, 3 to $5. <laughs> they're not, yeah. I had a show that wanted to come in really bad, and then it was about alcoholism. <laughs> I was like, I don't think this will work. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we like to serve cocktails. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I'm up for all different, you know, new things. Like, <laughs> the duplex is my oyster right now, and I'm ready to challenge, you know, different limits and discover things. And like I said, I mean, um, with me doing some of the press and, you know, we get we have front of houses and flyering and everything, you know, it, it's a great way for, for very cheap to showcase your work and produce it. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Did Aaron or Elise come in? Okay, so why don't we move to uh, hear what other questions you all have for our panel. Yeah. See what everybody has to say. Yeah, yeah, uh, Wendy, I'd like to ask you, uh, what about production values? I mean, how much of a set, like, mm -hmm. costume stuff situation? Um, well, what production values, and what, what involves, like, a set, costume, lighting, kind of, you know, well, the pro specific? Basically, you take care of your production as, a, as the costumes. Um, in regards to the lights, and, and sound, we have very, very nice equipment. And, and it's amazing how when you come like, and have a meeting with me during the day and come see a show, how the room <coughs> transforms. It's really great. Um, in regards to our stage, we don't have any poles, but we have a baby <laughs> grand piano <laughs> that I think they built the room around. <laughs> and there's no way to move it in or out. But um, it does uh, can go in the back corner, or people use it as a prop. People use it as levels. Um, it's been used for many functions. <laughs> so that's our only kind of dilemma when it comes to doing a play, is the baby grand piano. <laughs> but um, it, it, it hides away on a 14 by 11 stage, <laughs> kind of. When the set is built or around this, on the stage, can it, does that be removed after every performance? Um, the set, yeah. Uh, we have some storage space. It's kind of like the fringe with the show moving in and out. Um, depending on, I'm taking a bit of a challenge with Ernest and making it like a run, doing like a three-night-a-week thing, and hopefully maybe more if it progresses. Um, and so they get a little more, since they're like, you know, putting themselves out on the limb too, a little more like, you know, you know, space to house their stuff and stuff like that. So basically how it works. <laughs> uh, other questions? Yes. Uh, this is a question for John. Yeah. Um, uh, Sunday night, 
Like to propose something? Yeah. Um, come, come to. I'm almost always there on Sundays. I'm always at the theater. Uh, um, not always. I'm usually at the theater between ten and eight, Monday through Friday. I'm usually there three nights out of the week, and I don't have a set schedule. I'm usually there during the shows. Um, uh, I'm either upstairs or in the box office. So, and I'm trying to always be there Sunday nights. Uh, that's that's becoming one of my regular nights. Um, so you come, you see the show, uh, you uh, you talk to me out front. I smoke many cigarettes. You talk, uh, and really that's the best way. To, I mean that's the best way to do it. Or or call. Um, again, better to call late uh, when nobody's there, um, and then send me something saying here's. And it, it really is best if you say I was at the space and I saw this show. And and I'm here is my proposal for the space. Um, you don't have to see a show to do that, but at least you've seen the space. And then just and then propose the Sunday nights. I wasn't clear about this either. The Sunday nights, the Monday night and Tuesday night series, those are ongoing, and those are curated by two people within the company, and they're so those those are booked. The Sunday nights rotate. So like revival, I think this is actually their last weekend. Those are like four to six week runs, weekly runs. Um, Antonio Sacra, I don't know if anybody saw brown, black, and white all over during the festival. He's coming in in November. Beautiful, brilliant show. Um, so that's how you do it. Is that clear? Yeah. Is that clear? Okay. Uh, other questions? Yeah. So um, just trying to understand exactly the best way for you all to get to know us. Um, like, to come to your spaces, are you are there during the day and things like that? You know, because I'm familiar with, like, the gear, I think it's but um, for us to, to come, so, but you all don't really come to our kind of work, you know, not I, really. Well, I, uh, I come when people invite, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so on occasion, or if I can work it out, I'm trying to see things as much as I can, and um, I don't react that well to surprise visits, but we try to be nice. <laughs> 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 the same as that, I, yeah. I don't react well yeah. to surprise visits. Yeah. So I'm saying, so the best ways to call <laughs> yes. to yeah. perhaps try to get an appointment for, because I mean, yeah, I'm not like doing the night to see the show is great, but to talk about right. the different kind of yeah. opportunities right. of the space is a little easier, you know. Right. But you know, I guess I think John's brought up a really important point is that we're all of us are trying to com create communities, yeah. and we're all really personally attached to these, these spaces. So if someone comes in and says, you know, listen, I really love Richard Maxwell's show. I write plays too, and look at this one, mm -hmm. you know. Right. And it's a connecting. Yeah, that makes me think. Oh, you understand what I'm doing? You should me because yeah. that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And if you understand the, what I'm what I'm going for, and I sense that you really do because we have that connection, we have that common place. That opens up everything. Then, then I feel like okay, I can I can have a uh, a really productive conversation, a discussion with you. I mean, there are you tons know? of letters that I get all the time from people who like it's so clear that here is not the space where they want right. to be doing their work. Yeah. And if they came to here once, they would know that. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's a waste of their time and energy and money, and it's a waste of my time that the small amount of time that I spend reading their proposal before I throw it in the garbage. You know. But and here we have a brochure and application form, which I, I really I, I just wish I had more time, but I don't have enough time. So I ask people if they're interested in working it here to come to the space get. You can get the brochure and application form a bunch of different ways, 
Um, and once you've read that, if you have questions, I'm pleased to talk to you. But that, for me, is like the first thing is like take my materials about how to work it here, mm -hmm. and then once you've read that, we can talk. Um, okay. But I also prefer to meet with people once I already have a proposal, and I can get a bead on who they are and what their work's about exactly. um, before I, I meet with people because I just don't I just don't have enough time. Two two things I could say to you is um, that's the problem. I, I I think I'm speaking for everybody here and most of downtown theater is we are chronically understaffed. I mean, tremendously, chronically, amazingly understaffed. I'll be there most nights because I am taking the tickets, and I have to sweep out the lobby. So we're, that's that's the problem. When they, when they, that's where our, that's where our time is. So it's like zip. Take take. Make sure that we can spend 50 minutes. I'm a meeting fiend. I've become a meeting machine. So if you call me up, if you send me something, you call me up and say, you, you know, did, did you read that, John? Did you see it? Can I get 15 minutes? Can I get 20 minutes? I'll say, yeah. When is good? Right. Boom. 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 And then for those 20 minutes, I am yours. You know, I'm absolutely yours. I, I set it up. But that's, but that's the problem. What I respond best to is persistence and resilience. You keep on calling. You know, if, if you call me three times and I haven't gotten back to you, that does not mean that I'm dodging you. It means that I'm crazed and there's this grant that's got to get written and the theater just flooded. So call me the fourth time. <laughs> and then when we finally get together and I'm, I'm, I seem like I'm there, but I'm also kind of boom, boom, boom. And then at 20 minutes, I say, thank you and go, be resilient. Know that is, again, not a reflection on I'm not interested in you. It's that there are nine priorities i got to get to. John doesn't return my calls. Other questions? Yeah. Um, downtown theater, there's a, there's a lot of it. There's a limited audience. And it's hard to get stuff up. What are the things that you've seen that have worked well? And, uh, why, why did they work well? Wow. Well, that's, that's a good question. question. <laughs> that's a really good question. <coughs> <coughs> mm, I'll leave the room on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Be resilient. It's no reflection on you. Right. Um, I would say that the, the thing that uh, is an individual voice, you know, so yeah, that's the thing. Of Uniqueness of, is, is, is really the same thing of, uh, you know, I have to say this. Um, to an audience, yeah. uh, because I think sometimes the second half gets left out. Uh, <laughs> often gets left out, and that's not work that is very interesting. A lot of people have to say this yeah. to themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who cares? You know, fine, say it at home. You know what I mean? That's great. Work it out. <laughs> but I have to say this to an audience, and know that you have to communicate to an audience. You know, so that's what I've seen. You know, and I. Um, so the you know the people I've seen the work that I've seen has been that I have to say something very specific to an audience, and that's I'm a director myself, and that's when I fail, it's, it's on either side of that. I didn't say it to the audience, or I didn't know exactly what I wanted to say, you know, and that's the failing of every show, well, every show of mine fails. But you know that's the <laughs> when uh, uh, when it fails, it's because of those two things. You know what I mean? Uh, if it succeeds, it's because of those two things as well. Integrity. I mean, work that has its own integrity, and that the integrity of the idea and the integrity of the approach is respected. Because um, a lot of people, they, mm -hmm. they, they cut away at their own strengths because they're not being truthful to what they really right. are trying right. to do. Right. Oh, I also think business, adding integrity, the art, and the business of it also helps. I think. In, in terms of the French with Hugh, Hugh has amazing business skills. Oh, Christ, yeah. He's uh, and he, he's a machine. He's and, amazing. And he amazing. got so much press. Oh. And, and that helps. Like you said, audience. If you, 
if you have no one to say it to, then why say it? True. So I, I think balancing those two on a plate will make one fantastic show. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like, directors these days. I tried to be a director way back when in my youth. And, <laughs> it, you know, you have to be a producer as well until exactly. eventually George Wolf or someone lets you just direct. Right. But uh, but of bringing that audience and keeping lists of the people that come to your shows, exactly. all of that other stuff that a whole theater companies have staffs to do, mm -hmm. that is actually going to shake us a lot. You know, if you come in and go, mm -hmm. listen, I want 2,000 cards because I have 2,000 yeah. friends I'm going to mail out to. Yeah, Suddenly I get a little bit more interest. Yeah, because you've got uh, anything That was a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's not fair. And you want to just work on your art. But you, these days, honest-wise, reality-wise, you have to have the whole machine. And you're going to carry your own props in, too. Absolutely. But, I mean, what I would say is downtown, the difference between downtown and, like, midtown, there's some great little theaters in midtown. I really think what works the best downtown, because you either have to move it in and out with your props, because uh, the, the physical conditions of most spaces are extremely limited extremely limited, is that it, it's simplicity, real simplicity, um, and, and, and urgency. I'm not talking about the art, not the business now, but it's urgency. It's just that i got to say this in this way. It's either urgently, frantically comic, or, it's, or it's, just, it's just startling, because there's a lot of work down there. And if you try to, I, I think, personally as a director, if you try to do uh, midtown work, for lack of a better term, commercial Fresh, interesting, great, but kind of commercial, traditional work. If you try to do it downtown, I don't think you have as much of a chance of success as if you do it in midtown. So if you, if you really are thinking of yourself more as like, I wish eventually I would be a midtown director, you know, an off broadway getting paid a lot to do that, off-Broadway, not you know, a lot, getting paid at all, or even getting paid a Broadway, that kind of stuff, think about downtown. I mean, go downtown. Don't, don't think of it just as, as, as job. Because, yeah, the, the industry and the business, they're coming down now more and more. They've been coming down forever, but more and more that's happening. But it's, it's, it's just different. It's just different. And, and, and it's, it, is, it is that urgency. It's experiment. I mean, everyone here is talking about avant-garde, experimentation, new stuff, new forms, new. That's real. It's not just because we don't, you know, because we don't like new plays. It's because right. that's, what, that's what's interesting. I mean, uh, that's what the audience is. Absolutely. I mean, Richard Foreman, every single year, uh, uh, wants to cancel the show three days before. I'm not kidding. Every single year he calls his business manager and says, okay, how much is it going to cost me? How much will it cost me this year to cancel my show? And I'm really serious. Because, and every year we take him seriously because he desperately looks at it and says, this is the worst piece of crap I've ever seen in my life. And, I it. and that's because he's risking every year. And that's what we're looking for as well. It's the same thing. The shows I see that I do, you know, I'm just like, bar the doors. Not yeah. let them. <laughs> <laughs> because this is so terrible. All of you will be Must not let people see this. How can we make it better? And then you're like, ah, that's how. And then you can finally open the doors for eight and thing nine, you know. But that's absolutely. We have to be. There has to be terror in the room. Yeah, there's not yeah, terror yeah. in the room in Waiba. Yeah. Go to TV. Right, that's downtown. Which, what, that's totally Which is great. great. That's totally Go do great. it. Go do yeah. TV. That's totally great. Christ, yeah. Don't do TV down at the Vienna Philosophy. <laughs> do not. Very good. Very interesting. Any, but any other questions? Uh, just want to just give them an idea of uh, 
somebody or some group or some performance in your space or one of the other downtown spaces that you love? Just really fast, just go around. Love? Well, uh, <laughs> well, coming up? Something that you've seen that you love that maybe somebody else, that other people have seen that you can get just like a, a picture of something that, that you think is really great that embodies all the things you were just talking about. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's hard to. Jeez, from only four children. <laughs> it's my work. Oh, I, I'm a steal. <laughs> 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 I steal um, I, I, I went to the ontological and I saw this performance called House, which is. An, uh, I rarely do things where I'm remounting a show that's already done, but I felt this show had not had enough uh, life yet. Needed a New York Times review. God, hope we can get one. It's by this artist, uh, Richard Maxwell, who worked with the Steppenwolf Company and uh, up in Chicago a bit. Um, and Richard writes um, dialogue that includes all the ums, uhs, and odd angles of dialogue. And his actors look like real, real people, even though they're actors, that don't move very much. They sort of stand there like this and talk. And, um, and then they also sing songs, though. They hand... They, <laughs> have little cassette player, little cassette player with a speaker, and they, the character, when their song comes, punches the button and sings along to the guitar part. <laughs> Richard Maxwell played on the guitar. Right, it's right. Richard Maxwell playing the guitar. And uh, they're wonderful songs. Um, there's discussions of Slayer versus Metallica, things of that sort. Um, the, uh, also, for instance, this particular show, uh, Richard has a set, and it's an exact replication of his rehearsal basement room. So that's the set for this thing called House. It's pretty, um, it's radical. We saw a show that's tonight. Oh, yeah. Richard's worked it here also, and I'm hoping he's going to come to the show with us in the spring. He's a very, like, I said that to you that night, like, he has a very unique vision, and there's another company that we we worked with over a number of years and has worked with both PS122 and Damon um, called Elevator Repair Service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, they're they're a group of about six to eight artists. Um, They used to all live together. They don't anymore. Um, And they just do these very odd pieces that have great elaborate soundscapes, um, really odd choreography, and um, very disjointed and disconnected text that's hysterically funny. And they're just a, they just do great work, and they have a real truthfulness about the way that they approach their work. And uh, yeah, they're, they're both like very yeah. good examples. Those two groups. Thank you for listening to SDCF Masters of the Stage. This program was made possible by support from Stage Directors and Choreographers Society, the National Labor Union, celebrating five decades representing the needs and aspirations of its members, and generous funding from the NEA the New York State Council on the Arts, and the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council.